You're listening to The A-Game, an adcom podcast chronicling the week in media, technology, and agency life, featuring Joel Hammond, Jim Ganser, and Jeff Culleton. Welcome to The A-Game. For those of you who are new, here's how it works. Each week, our panel, our distinguished panel... Are we distinguished? I think we're distinguished now. I think we got there. I think episode five is your distinguishing episode. Absolutely. I think we're distinguished. Okay. I, don't think there, I don't think there's an actual anyway. clinical wow. definition. We, we almost had a professional intro, so but we're distinguished, so it's we got us. that. We already have a professional intro. We're bona fide. We we're bona fide. <laughs> but each week, uh, we select a story, topic, or trend that matters to marketers, and we break it down from our positions of expertise. My name's Jim Ganser. I am joined, as I always am, mm-hmm. by Jeff Culleton, who mm-hmm. talks tech. Mm-hmm. I do. I talk tech. Jack Talk Talk Talk. And Joel Hammond, who <laughs> I almost did a I almost did a Gavin Rossdale joke. Um That'd who be great. talks social media. I do, I do. And <laughs> and he sings glycerine. So also uh, one thing I do. He does do that. So this week uh, we're gonna actually take on a topic that is buzzworthy, it's newsworthy. It has a lot of application. It's artificial intelligence. Guys, there's been a lot of talk lately about IBM Watson. Um, I don't know if anybody is a Jeopardy buff like I am. Oh, are you? I can see that. I can see that. Turns out AI does a really good job of winning Jeopardy. Um, So that's kind of where... Ken Jennings, did it not? Oh, yeah. uh, Oh, you're going to throw cold water on. No, I'm not going to throw it. But when when artificial intelligence... I feel like this is a misnomer. When you're when you're Google and you are able to index things at, you know, millions and millions of tasks a second, and then you're saying, Can I beat Ken Jennings? Artificial intelligence should win. <laughs> Ken, sure, great oh, guy. So you're you're Actually, a Ken sure. you're a Ken defender then. Well, I just I, I don't think it's quite a fair fight. I understand. I don't think yeah. it's a fair fight. And I don't think Ken needs to be put in that position. Who knows? Ken might not be a great guy. It's a chance of that. But to say that he can't beat an artificially intelligent-driven machine learning bot feels like it might be a step in the wrong direction for this conversation. Sounds like a topic for cold knocks. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Jennings, right? Ken that Jennings, down. you're about to get cold knocks. You're son. about to get cold knocks. Um, but the reason that we bring up Watson, IBM Watson specifically, is there's been a lot of buzz lately in the press with regard to uh, how it's actually working out with uh, specifically within healthcare. Mm-hmm. So really the pride and joy of the AI algorithm from IBM's perspective is to produce better outcomes from a healthcare uh, component. And they partnered with many hospitals, you know, in the, I'd say low tens, yeah. about six years ago, they invested billions with a B dollars in um, providing resources, tools, to help physicians come up with better results. And according to many uh, recent articles, including one on Wall Street Journal that I picked up that kind of got me thinking a little bit about this, it seems like people aren't adopting uh, the algorithm. They're testing it, they're feeding it, they're using it, but the outcomes are not actually registering. And a lot of these hospitals that are pairing up with, with Watson and IBM are actually not following through with it. So when you say registering, what do you mean? 
What is it? What is it not outputting? Well, think about it from the perspective of cancer. Uh, the idea here is, and, and one of the things that you need to think about from an AI perspective is, this is really just an algorithm-based solution to find patterns in data. Correct. So it is very linear. You feed the data in, you let the machine start to learn, you start to identify outcomes. Now the thing about AI specifically is, it is really strong when you're solving for narrow and deep problems. One of the challenges with regard to oncology specifically is there's a lot of variables. So given the fact that there's not a depth of information on every use case, uh, every genetic pattern, um, every contextual pattern with mm -hmm. regard to cancer, yeah. it's getting tripped up to the point where some of the solutions that AI is coming up with are either something that a you know an oncologist would already naturally go towards, or it's spitting out solutions that just don't seem to add up, causing a little bit of confusion, putting things into question for the most part. So it's a little bit sporadic, and this is a big bet that they've made. They've put a lot of money and time into this, and to start seeing headlines like, you know, Watson's not working specifically for healthcare when they've dumped so much money into this, it just calls into question, you know, what are the limitations with regard to AI and how can we get the most out of a solution like this for, frankly, marketers? Mm -hmm. It's I, not working for cancer. How's it going to work for advertising? Fr frankly, likely better. But so I'll say a couple of things. The thing I always say about anything machine learning based is one, in order for a machine to truly learn and continue evolving, it takes a tremendous amount of input of data. Um, that's number one. Um, when you're looking at clinical trials through hospitals, medical data in general, it would be one thing if we're looking at the entirety of the United States or the entirety of China's um, medical information being piped into one, one place and then a machine being able to digest that and then find those patterns that you were talking about. That That is one thing. Having 10 hospital systems, it's the natural kind of first step or second, whatever. But this is still so early in the process that I think it's it's very hard to make um, very hard to make concrete judgments about it yet. I think this is a natural flow of any emerging technology. I am a firm believer in the fact that machine learning, artificial intelligence to me is a uh, it, it, it's not an it's not an adequate representation of what it is like machine learning is you give me a bunch of stuff I'm gonna find the patterns and I'm gonna give you recommendations but the second limitation of it is uh, bad data in bad data out so you can put a tremendous number of transactions or pieces of data or lines of code or lines of excuse me lines of data in but fact of the matter is if it's not good data if it's not accurate data, um, you're, you're, you're tainting the sample set. So ultimately, if you're getting you know, funky diagnosis or things that don't match up with you know, 50 years of medical history or wh whatever the case is, that would, that's my concern with something like this the way it sits right now is I personally believe this is the natural evolution of everything that we do from a data perspective. Mm -hmm. I don't think it means you know, everything becomes autonomous, um, at least for a long time, but 
this is the infancy of a thing and the infancy of a thing is ripe with ups and downs and I just think this is one of the natural um, uh, the, the natural downs of something like this yeah somebody big companies you put you got a bet on the future mm-hmm. so you put large pieces of uh, asset allocation behind this but once you spend that money there's you're too deep you can't get out now and I think this is a I don't want to say it's a blip, but I, th- I think it certainly does talk specifically to what kind of data, what structured data, what is good data and accurate data, and how do you put that in. And that very, very much lines up from a marketing perspective. Something I thought was interesting in the coverage that we found on this topic was um, those, those companies that IBM had purchased, mm-hmm. you know, including one locally here. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those layoffs impacted the healthcare folks, right? But who survived those layoffs? Those who were working with insurance clients. You, you know, you mentioned like um, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, you mentioned the 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 part about so many variables in the oncology space, right? Mm-hmm. So like, there's so many different things and things going on. Yep. Insurance seems like an industry where it's a little bit more cut and dry, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's more certainty with the data, yep. and it seems like that would be where somewhere where this Watson. Um, uh, program is, is is functioning a little bit a little bit better. There's just something I, I found in that coverage that was a little some more of a reassessment. Yeah, sure. Just a <laughs> hey, this is still a thing. This is absolutely still going to be what we're going to pursue from an R and D perspective going forward. We found a spot where it doesn't work, maybe the way we want it to yet. But I agree with that. It's highly regulated in insurance. You yep. already have a massive base of actuaries at each one of the insurance companies, so you're probably more correct in getting. That's more science than it is art. Right. Medicine is obviously science, but it is just as much art as it is science. Sure. Yeah. And w- one of the things that kind of came up with regard to the limitations that uh, Watson has has had with regard to oncology is the fact that a lot of times physicians, given the use case, they're actually, Joel, sorry. Silence your phone before the movie starts, Joel. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, Joel. Oh, God. Jesus. (laughs) Um, One of the challenges that is happening here is the fact that this isn't like an automatically connected data stream that's being fed into the machine. You're not plugging it in. We're dealing with cases where there's manual entry. Uh, that's happening in some cases it's it's on the doctors that are not getting the data into the systems fast enough Uh, oftentimes you don't have a clear picture of of current outcomes because there is that lag Um, now when we're talking about potentially using this from an advertising perspective first thing that comes to mind is you know tethering this to a demand side platform for example yeah so it's a little bit more pure uh, from that standpoint but given the many variables that come into play with regard to the average advertising campaign, is there a chance that you know we're, we're dealing with kind of fool's gold? Is is this thing ready to start producing outcomes for marketers currently? Should be should we be weary of of the trip ups with IBM and healthcare? I, I think you have to be. So you referenced the amount of money being spent specifically by the platforms. So I'll say IBM Watson Health is, is a platform or mm-hmm. a demand side platform is a platform. It's, I think it's very much incumbent on them to make that investment. 
I, I really do not see um, brands in and of themselves from a marketing perspective making gigantic bets on AI for marketing. What I see is platforms making gigantic bets on embedding, embedding it in their platform so that it can then be accessed. So perfect case in point, um, uh, Salesforce has uh, in their, their sales cloud, their CRM system, what's called uh, Einstein. Einstein is an AI-driven um, kind of underpinning to the platform that if you're a sales professional, it looks at the entirety of your ecosystem and it says, you haven't called this person in 30 days. Call this person. What it can do, the next evolution of that is, oh, well, you, you, this, this person typically responds in six days. It's been seven days. Let's automate an email that's already been branded and you know approved and sent through compliance, and let's push that out to them. So I think the more logical, it's the you know the Siri or the 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 personal assistant side of it is, can I assist you in doing your tasks better? Is it? I don't. I don't think. I think there's an epidemic in marketing and advertising of the lowest common denominator of information of data that a person will give me is what I will take and then I'm going to start marketing to them and consequently you, you just get you know you get bad stuff you get you know 9999999 is a phone number like people want to give you the most limited stuff which means you're not giving them an a reason to really give you the stuff you're giving them such a low bar incentive or such a low bar for a relationship or engagement that they don't want to give you stuff. I, I, what I think it, it does is it makes tasks easier to automate um, or it, it possibly allows platforms to give you hints of things you should be doing. Um, but fact of the matter is I think the onus is going to fall more and more on brands to create a reason for engagement to get good data back. And then when they're collecting that data, make it kind of as foolproof as possible, drop downs, requirements, things of that nature. But brands and marketers in general want an engagement. They want somebody They want somebody to say, I like you, and they don't really care how much they like them. So you're willing to say, I, you know, I, I like you just kind of enough to give you my bad email address. <laughs> Is that an engagement you want? Or should the onus fall on the marketer to be just better? or the product to, to be just better so somebody's willing to give you an actual maybe phone number or lifeline to have some sort of conversation together. Yeah, so it's a great point, right? This is a huge opportunity for us to do our jobs better, to help us do our jobs better, but it's only as good as what we're taking in, right? So, I mean, so how do you, you know, you mentioned a few a few tips there, but how do you how do you incentivize? How do you make sure you're getting that right data? That, that's what, that's, you know, by your look on your face, that's that's the challenge, right? That, I mean, yeah, what's well, the what's is. the solution? I it, as I put you on the spot. The the challenge is not to give away all of our secrets. I, yeah, no, well, I would have been able to answer it. But, so. <laughs> so Jim, please, I will punch to you then. Oh, oh, you're gonna put oh. me on the spot. <laughs> I was just trying to be clever. Uh, <laughs> like most things, and this is gonna seem to be oversimplified, but. It really comes down to being laser focused with your business objectives and being absolutely clear. Um, the thing that you need to know with regard to artificial intelligence is it works best when we're using it in a binary function. It's either yes or no. Is this a cat? Is this not a cat? You know, it's 
it's basically trained to go down a linear path. So that really requires marketers to be able to come to the conclusion of what is the measurable result that takes priority. And then you got to take into account context too. Context matters. You know, if, if we're talking about an autonomous driving car that's going around the block, it needs to know which block. It needs to know what country. It needs to know what's the differences between specific intersections and traffic signals. Are you driving on the right side of the road? I mean, if you're dealing with, you know, you send a car out into London and it thinks it's in the U.S., it's going to be mowing down cars, right? <laughs> so, I mean, context matters. These are important things to think about. Can I give some context for comms? Because I want to. Con- you want to. I want to provide some context, some context. It's, for it's, my context. It's a little anecdotal. Yeah. Um, and it really is very off topic. But I, so I was getting my hair cut earlier, uh, and there's a gentleman in there uh, who drives a Tesla, and uh, it's not a Tesla. Was it Elon? Is it no, a Tesla it or a Tesla? Oh no, no, no. Ask. There's videos. It's pronounced Tesla. Huh. Te- yeah. So grow up. Oh, wow. Um, oh, my. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. <laughs> Count Chocula. Count my word. Um, so, but this guy had his Tesla key in a little carrying case that was attached to his belt, which was the single I mean, fastest I'll... way to make your really, really cool autonomous driving car not cool at all. Right. Was it? I digress. Yeah, I was. But to your point. And I think you said way better words than I did or than I'm going to. But the <laughs> fact of the matter is I don't think people spend enough time asking the question, does our product, is our product good? Does it serve a solution mm-hmm. to a problem? Am I articulating that? Is it better than other products in the market? That's, I think that's the answer to the question is, you know, there's a lot of mediocre products fact of the matter is there's a lot of bad stuff out there. There's a lot of like, you know, just sidecar, whatever. I built it because somebody else built it, but there's no real value. I think the way I think product development is in understanding your audience, understand what problem you're solving. And then the the, the people engaging with you at that point is becomes, a, a, you know, a, a byproduct of I'm laser focused on the problem that we're solving for our client, and then here's the here's the output of that, which is a product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can I give you a real life example? Ooh, of, I love of, it. More context of relatively basic AI in action from a marketing perspective and a consumer standpoint. I recently purchased a new car. Okay, it's great. What I found was it a Tesla? It was not a Tesla. I'm not, and I do not wear my key on my belt. It Just was, by the way, after this in the show notes, I'm yes. putting a YouTube video of the correct pronunciation of Tesla. It was a. Lo- it's a lovely new um, rogue <laughs> for my wife and our and our children. Great. Okay. So, and great. For, so great. it's not for you. Well, no. Okay. No. Um, so I'm a capped like. I'm interested in purchasing a car. I, I like filling out forms on websites, right? Captive audience. Yeah. I I want to buy a car from you. Like, give me. So the I found the car dealerships. And this may be, we might be, let's not, I'm, I'm going to stop what I'm saying about that specific. Anyway, not good. Automated emails yeah, coming at me, okay? Asking questions I already answered. Yeah. Okay. You get, you get somebody and then you have more automated emails coming your way after I'd already, after I've already oh. determined that I'm not going to do business Because with people this. did it just to do it. Absolutely. They thought they needed it mm-hmm. up there. They did not think through the process. Absolutely. And that is just a... So, yep. so when you talk about your, how did that affect your what you bought? When you talk about or where you bought it, I should say. Abs- no, it, it absolutely did. When you talk about 
getting the right data and interpreting it and acting on it the right way, like that's an area of opportunity. It's, it, it was it was it was fascinating, but also very frustrating. And yeah, your customers don't care about the data; they care about what the data can do for them. Mm-hmm. It's incumbent on you to ask for and justify the things that you need so the output of that communication is something that's beneficial to them. And when you just redundantly send emails that aren't personalized as just a follow-up or they don't know the car you were looking for with after you've already gone through a process, like that's that I'm not gonna say it's 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 basics, but because it's not basics, because that stuff is complex, but it shows that you didn't take the time to care about somebody else's time. Mm-hmm. And that shows. Yeah. It's a real real simplistic version of, of what we're talking about, but I thought it was valid I since it's I just went, just went through it. You know, my son actually does this. He I, he must be some whiz kid, right? This is Monty or Alex? This is Alex. He He's is two years old. Artificially intelligent? Um, and no, purely intelligent. <laughs> Takes after his father. <laughs> but... And maybe this is just a flawed algorithm, but he'll say things like, uh, Daddy, I want fruit snacks. And I'll say, no, we're not having fruit snacks. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. And then he'll just keep saying, Daddy, I want fruit snacks. Daddy, I want fruit snacks. Daddy, I want fruit snacks. And I'm just thinking, it's like being retargeted. It's like, dude, I don't want your shoes. Put the, get away from me. I don't want it. But it just says fruit snacks over and over. But ultimately, I give him fruit snacks. <laughs> And he hits me like 20 times with it. I get, I give him fruit snacks, but I don't like him mm-hmm. for doing it, right? <laughs> so you're not creating a mutually beneficial experience. No. But, I mean, the thing that you don't – people don't really talk about with AI, and, and I think AI is just one of those buzzwords that everybody's like, oh, my God, it's going to take my job. And who knows? Maybe it will, right? I'm a little bit more of an optimist. I, I seem to look at it from the perspective of, you know, it's, it's a tool that's going to allow us to – expand our capacity much the same way that you know a car would farmers thought that tractors were gonna reduce the number of farmers in fact they just made farmers more efficient yeah I mean maybe Joel's wife could get to the store by walking but all of a sudden she's got this kick-ass Nissan Rogue just tearing it up throw the kids in the back seat she's getting there a lot faster and she's buying more stuff to take home with her because she's got the mechanism to get the job done and and AI actually works the same way but you know getting back to the point on context you know there's a difference between belief and behavior and when we talk about advertising specifically you know human beings are very complex Um, getting into the context of where their head's at, the message that hits them at a specific point in time, you can't just go after behavior. You can't just go after belief. Um, The analogy I usually use with uh, belief and behavior is, I know it's important to recycle, but I might throw a can in the garbage because I don't want to walk around with it all day until I can find a recycling bin. Does that make me a bad person? Perhaps, but... (laughs) You no, go please, after me. Please, please comment uh, in our social channels. Yeah. If you think Jim is a bad person. No, but I mean, you need to match up the message with the audience. You need to understand the context in the moment. And you need to be pointing towards the right goal in order for something like this to work. Because if you're pointing at the wrong goal, guess what? The algorithm is going to continue. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to continue to take you down the wrong path. So when somebody walks through the door and they've got 
you know, a bunch of magic beans and they say, hey, I've got artificial intelligence built into this machine, you better better be sure that you're giving them good direction on exactly what it is that you're looking for. And you also got to take into account who's that person feeding the information into the machine. So I think that AI is going to revolutionize the way that we operate. But the fact of the matter is, there's still people attached to these machines. And it really just comes down to, do we trust this person? Are we trusting ourselves mm-hmm. to set the right goals? Are we training it to do the right things? So, Can I give you one last example, real world example, before we, you know, mm-hmm. we, we go into the best part of the show? Uh, and it involves Joel's uh, wife going to the grocery store with two little children. All three of us have two little children. Which is not easy. Which was, is not easy. It's not easy so to go to the grocery store. We're all much more familiar now with uh, Instacart, uh, grocery delivery, grocery pickup, things of that <laughs> nature. I like going to the store. There's certainly a, a group of people, hey, maybe sometimes you need to get out of the house. <laughs> but there's a very real Water. weekly example yeah. of I got my I have my kids with me and going into the grocery store and getting the side-by-side cart that's shaped like a NASCAR is just a pain. You start using Instacart through Kroger or Giant Eagle or whomever you do, and that system, the more you use it, starts to learn the patterns of your behavior around every three weeks you buy peanut butter, every week you buy this, you buy that, to the point where that system begins to look in a future state and says, hey guys, you typically go shopping on Thursday, here's a list of the things that you typically buy or need this week, is there anything you'd like to add to it? If not, click checkout and we'll have it delivered to your house. That takes away a major stressor of day-to-day behavior in a very tangible sense. So I think when you knock it down to things that are, are, are a little bit more uh, a little bit more tangible to people's lives, then you, you stop seeing the AI as the overarching bu- buzzword and start understanding that you know there are high levels of convenience that are, are likely going to be given to us by AI in the near future. Fact. Mic drop. Maybe not a fact, but whatever. Yeah. Joel, are we going to lose our jobs? Um, no. Right, we're not. <laughs> I don't make the decisions, but, but no. <laughs> Okay. So you heard it here first. Everybody's job is safe. Joel said so, which so, is great. So you can enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Yes. Embrace AI. Question everybody that promises amazing results with AI. Uh, debunk the um, the buzzword quality of it and really focus on the utility of it. So make it your Nissan Rogue. Make yes. <laughs> make it your Nissan Rogue. You too can own a Nissan Rogue. Yeah. And... Um, I've got an update for everyone. Oh, can't wait. Oh, I've got an update. Uh, we've we've developed a segment on the show called Cold Knox. Cold Knox. Yeah, there's going to be that's going to be contentious. That was from Morgan Rooks. Yeah, Morgan and, Rooks. and there's been a lot of buzz about some of the individuals that we've cold knocked. The first of which being Mark Pritchard. Right. Mark Pritchard. Uh, the second of which being uh, Morgan Flatley. Correct. Correct. Uh, the third of which we, we had to pivot. Um, we did on. Um, we'll just call him not Reed Hastings. Not Reed Hastings. So somebody named Reed Hastings, not the CEO and founder of Netflix. Uh, uh, and then there's, there's no, we didn't do one the first week. No, we didn't. Yeah. So bad news. We still have not gotten any connections. That's sad. But that if was at the first update. you don't succeed, try try again. Yeah. Okay. And you know there's a door quote 
that goes a little something like this. We'll explain that later. Yeah, we'll explain that later, or you can tweet at us at the Adcom Group. Um, hashtag the A game. Um, the A game. There is a door quote, and that door quote states, "If you're not happy with the results, change your approach." I like that. Love that door quote. Oh, so are we changing the cold knock approach? I think it might be me, guys, and I'm thinking. On the spot. I'm thinking Joel should be the cold knocker this week. We've not talked about this, but wow, what a curveball! Yeah, it's, all right, here we go. You know who we're cold knocking? Who? We're cold knocking Ken Jennings, but not Ken Jennings, the Jeopardy contestant, because I don't believe he's on LinkedIn. We're I going to. I don't know if you know that. For LinkedIn. Sure. I thought we were doing. Wait, no, it is LinkedIn. <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> You've been friending Mark Pritchard on Facebook? We're doing LinkedIn. Today we're doing... You've been using Tinder? We're doing Ken Jennings, the CEO <laughs> at Third River Partners in Pittsburgh, which oh. is a, uh, a hospital and healthcare company. Let's see what they do. Wow. I, it's a different Ken Jennings, which actually kind of... Um, I, think he's, I think he's sandbagging. I think he secretly knows this individual. I feel like he knows that Ken I don't. Jennings as well. And then it's going to be bragging rights. I, I Nope. I, I Mark Pritchard. This he's is an author. He's, Mark. Uh, oh, he's an author too. Wow, this guy's pretty accomplished. I don't exactly know what what they do. I need to learn more. But Ken Jennings from Pittsburgh, you're on the clock. He's been cold knocked. Do you know who I was going to suggest if he punted to me? Gavin Rossdale. No, I was. Oh, that would have been good though. I was going to suggest uh, retired General Colin Powell <laughs> <laughs> of well, Chappelle Show fame. No, the one of actual fame. Oh, okay. Hey guys. Chappelle, Chappelle. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Well, that is quite a cliffhanger. That is a cliffhanger. Um, but we are just about out of time. So, that's all we got this week, guys. Remember to rate the show uh, however you're getting the podcast. SoundCloud, iTunes, soon to be Spotify. Correct. Yep. <clears throat> also, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You could like us on Facebook. You could follow us on Instagram. Once again, Twitter, at the Adcom Group. Ideas for the show. We want them. Feedback. Give it to us. Once again, hashtag the A game. Until next time, we're out. Happy Labor Day. <laughs>